In my business, there is only one place, and that's to be a winner. Wash your hands, wash your butt, man, that's it. Well, I felt like SpongeBob for a minute, right? They said, hey, Dad, let's make a TikTok. You know, there's times where you make plays that are special, and there's some times where you're like, that's pretty fucking good. Mercedes Lewis here, a.k.a. Big Dog. Big dog, big dog, big dog. And you listening to Poor Man's Package Podcast. Go Pack Go. Right, man, I'm so excited. Let's roll. Let's roll. A lot of guys' futures that are, you know, uncertain, myself included. Guys, the MVP of this league. He is the heart and soul of our football team. So, hell yeah, he better be back here. Just want to know where you feel things stand with Aaron and you and with the organization. Listen, I I think I understand your question. Uh, I'm not really sure exactly where you're coming from. But what I will say is, like, you know, we're really excited about Aaron Rodgers and his future with the Green Bay Packers. We think, you know, he's going to be our quarterback for the foreseeable future. There's no way in heck <laughs> that Aaron is not going to be on the Packers. You know, we're not idiots. To me, a reality, not a certainty or an absolute, is that my future is not in my hands. My future uh, is, is really, a lot of it's out of my control. Uh, um, you know, that's why I mentioned, you know, using words like, a uh, phrase like beautiful mystery, like, because it is, uh, it is quite uh, uncertain. Aaron Rodgers has told certain members of the organization that he does not want to return to the Green Bay Packers. All I can do is play my best, and I feel like last year I did do that, and, and may have thrown a wrench into some timelines that may have been thought about or desired. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Poor Man's Packers Podcast, the number one Packers podcast in the state of our minds. I'm Spencer Sismanowitz, joined as always with Kyle Turkowski. Kyle? Hello, friends. And guess what, guys? The Green Bay Packers were somehow able to fuck up something great once again. <laughs> welcome to Rogers uh, Watch, Farv Watch 2.0. I was uh, I was but a boy when the first time this uh, all all went down with Farv. And I and even then I still didn't like it. You know the the one foot in, one foot out, retirement, not retirement. Mm-hmm. We're moving on from him. Didn't like that. But now that I'm a fully grown adult man, oh, I I hate it, hate it even more. <laughs> like how how do you mess this up twice? It's it's a lot of fun. Well, we'll absolutely twice. get into that this episode. There's one person who's been involved very very deeply both times over the last 15 years that it's been. But man, what a who off-season. has experience with this situation? Hey, maybe maybe he'll learn. You know, he's got five more years left on his job for sure. But we'll get into that. What a, what a fun off season! You know, the last episode we Miserable. had, we thought this was behind us. However, it is not. We'll get into it more. But Kyle, I mean, we we don't have to get all gloomy yet. How was your off season? Um, it was it was um, it was okay. It was only okay. Cool. Nothing more. Nothing less. I. Uh, I, I I took a long time before listening to the NFC Championship episode, and I'm glad I did. You know the the wound, 
healed a little bit. And I think the first like seven to 10 minutes really captured my pain. <laughs> I was, I was worried it was going to come off a little too much, but no, I think, um, I think my pain was, was distilled in those seven to 10 minutes. Um, but other than that, yeah, not, not too much football related because of said wound mm-hmm. uh, still healing. It's yep. like, uh, I mean, it's like 2014 at this point where it's just one of those that I'm just never going to get over any sort of highlight that pops up on any sort of show. I'm going to look the other way. I'm going to close my eyes, turn the channel. I just, it's something that's going to be a hole in me forever. We're in that weird situation now where it's like, what, you know, we're in the transition period where the pain of the loss is almost, you know, it's dwindling because we have the whole Rogers right. saga like, going on it, right You now. almost forget about that pain because, yeah, now it's like a whole new pain of like uh, a legendary quarterback wanting out. And it's just not not fun to be a Packer fan over the last five months. It's I looked at it, too, because, you know, just talking about the Rogers thing is, is one thing. But then looking back at the last four off seasons, the last four off seasons we've had are firing Ted Thompson, firing Mike McCarthy drafting jordan love now we have the rogers saga mm, so it's wow. been it's been a fun offseason media the, circus yeah, the, the beat reporters for in green bay have they haven't had vacation i mean this i mean this offseason though is like the the, the granddaddy of them all yeah. like this is the big one where every local and national person involved in media is licking their chops at all yeah. this drama Mo- mostly the national media because they have something and talk about the local guys are like god again i just <laughs> i would just want to golf this offseason that's all i want but hey at least on the positive side we seem to be on the back side of covid so hey we're all right looking up hey hopefully we'll have some open stadiums did you sign up i assume uh a full go for the gold package yeah, this year tickets tickets are purchased we got the oh my god beauty of a lineup this year the pittsburgh steelers and the rams Ooh, that shit, is that a is great good. gold package i haven't seen the steelers in person yet i obviously saw the rams last year in the playoffs which was a great game and but yeah i've never seen the steelers so and that's just a great that's a great just football game yeah. like a uniform matchup the history the franchises just a just a perfect football game if there's a mirrored franchise in the afc it's the pittsburgh yes, steelers absolutely but yeah, we'll we'll keep flowing along here. We don't have well, we have a lot to talk about, but the things we have to talk about, that's all we'll talk about in this episode. <laughs> we'll start off with the Rogers saga and then I guess you know, there was an NFL draft that occurred as well. Wait, Spence, how was uh I'm so rude of me. How was your <sighs> off season? It was all right. A week ago I finally cut my hair after fifteen months. Yeah, I, I said he was looking and he was looking like Joe Dirt. Which I mean <laughs> Well, neither negative or positive. It's just kind of you know, Joe Dirt has appeals to certain people, and yeah, it was it was a mullet. That's that's for sure. It, it's funny too because I back in like middle school, my hair was pretty long, and it was like the same time AJ Hawk grew his hair out, and mm. then now I cut my hair, and I'm like, fucking Rogers is growing his out, and <laughs> yeah. now mine's gone. Yeah, what's, what's you showing on the bun? Ooh, that could have been a look for you, dude. I put a bun in once, and I was like, no, when though? Uh, yeah, it was it was weeks ago, but it's still it's oh like, weeks. Okay, I thought it, it was gonna be like when you were an insecure boy. Oh but. god, no, with the hair thinning up up front, uh, and pulling it back, not not as good of a look as you would All think. Right, if you if you insist. But let's get into it. I've been reading way too much into the Rogers saga. I'm sure some people might be sick of it at I've this been point. Reading, yeah, none at all. I've been trying to just well separate. <laughs> to start things off, how did it go when 
<laughs> so the Rogers news breaks, Adam oh. Schefter. And during the offseason, even before it happened, I kept texting you. I'm like, hey, this Rogers, like people were getting pissed that the media were making up stories. But I'm like, no, dude, there's something going on with this, with this uh, restructuring not happening. And as soon as, soon as I texted you like Rogers, you were like, don't say it because you, you weren't going to admit that I was right, that it was a big deal. It was uh it was it was a tough that was a tough day. Uh it, it was it couldn't have been worse timing cuz I'm in a in a group chat with like eight other Vikings fans and I'm one of like two or three Packers fans. And literally that day like leading cuz you know it's draft day and everyone's buzzing and excited. <laughs> Peak excitement that, for everyone. That day they were talking shit about oh Rodgers is going to leave like it's going to happen and I just kept saying it's not going to happen <laughs> this year like Yes, there's a circus coming, but it's not going to be till at least next offseason. There's no way. Literally two hours later, the news drops. I look like the biggest idiot. My phone was blowing up. I, I legitimately, like the news dropped, I was shell-shocked. And then I don't think I spoke out loud for the next seven hours. Like from 2 p.m. to 9 p.m., I was just silent. I didn't answer any phone calls, nothing. I was just distraught it was one of those you see the initial adam schefter tweet and you're like no because it's, it's, it's schefter just, like it's, it's, it's schefter. a fake one it's like okay oh, damn there's a blue check mark okay let's click on the profile Fuck, okay it looks to be him let's scroll yep it's him go back okay god damn it okay it's this is actually happening yep and it was uh yeah it was just a it was a very dark time where it was like okay it's happening like i said my stance from the beginning was okay as soon as jordan love is drafted like okay Rodgers is unfortunately probably not going to retire a Packer. Like that was a reality that was yeah. starting to s- sink in. But I was so so convinced there was two, uh, three even. I was confident is, with at least three years left. So we'll we'll get into it. I'll first we'll go over the timeline overall briefly, and then we'll break down. I think the three main parts, the three main people that are causing this saga to occur. But what you're saying there, the way I look at it, it's like, you know, you got a case of of little Debbies at home. Hmm. And, you know, maybe you're coming home from the bars and you're like, you know you have one more left. And then you go grab the mm. box, look in, and someone else Ooh, swipe that last like Swiss that cake roll. It's just like like you were so convinced it was there you and knew, waiting you, for you. You knew it was coming that eventually they it, it would be gone, out, right. but you weren't prepared for it when you looked inside yeah, that box. That's, that's a Pretty pretty decent analogy. So starting things off, this is the complete timeline. I think some things are missed along the way, but this is a basic outline of this Rogers saga. Back in 2018, when negotiations began for Rogers' current deal, Rogers publicly referred to uh, hit the contract and looking forward as a partnership, not just a contract. This is also around the same time when uh, Mike McCarthy let Alex Van Pelt, the QB coach, walk. The- do you do you have the exact quote of this partnership or what it's? It was like it was the exact part context of it. So it was part of the Yahoo article done by oh man, I forgot the guy's name, but he put out the Yahoo article as well recently about the Goody uh, Rogers not wanting to retur- return unless Goody is is gone and. That guy's a pretty reputable guy that as well. Seems, I mean, and that part we'll, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll we'll get to that. So, Alex Van Pelt left. That really pissed Rogers off. One thing that Rogers has said on record several times is how he likes having a QB coach who played quarterback, and he can kind of bounce ideas off of the guy that they hired. Sucked. He's out of the league, and obviously that was a big reason why Rogers' mood was so bad in mm-hmm. 2018 because he had to work with this guy in 2018 that didn't seem to really want 
want to coach as much as Rodgers wanted to be coached. Sure. So eventually they did agree on a deal, but even after that happened, and this was reported by Rob Domofsky, uh, that Rodgers wanted a more NBA-style type contract where the cap hits were a percentage, not just a set number going into it. Quote, and this is what Rodgers said, I don't think the NFL is ready for those types of contracts. There's language that needs to change for those not uh, for those not just a set number when the contract is signed. And that's what Rodgers, Rodgers said. Fast forward to 2020, the Packers lose the NFC Championship game to the Niners, and the team is looking forward to improving that offseason to get over the hump. So this, not last year, but the year before. Uh, it appears even at that time that Rodgers was optimistic with the front office, even talking about how he was looking forward to see what Goody would do that offseason to uh, improve the team. Um, this is the going into the Jordan Love offseason? This is going into the draft, yeah. So in a, what appears to me, so draft night 2020, Rodgers is on the Pat McAfee show and they're asking him, you know, just some general questions about what he's looking forward to. And he, he's saying, hey, you know, maybe it's rumored that maybe we'll take a wide receiver. And he even talks about the LSU kid. Mm, pain. Looking forward to that. So uh, whatever he said, they were targeting receivers. Rodgers got pissed after they drafted Jordan Love, but uh, obviously went on to have MVP season. But for the NFC Championship game this year, however, the Packers came to Rodgers and offered not offered a restructure. So it was before it was before the NFC Championship game even happened. Hmm. Um, but the Packers going to lose that game. Rodgers has his odd final presser, and then things only seem to get worse. From what I can tell, negotiation, like I said, negotiations began before the game. Uh, Rodgers got pissed um, because even you know they always have that conversation, even on his last sh- uh, show on McAfee. They're like, oh, are you going to talk to the guys, the front office? And Roger says, yeah, we'll have conversations. We have conversations every year. In that meeting, it seems that the Packers hold, held firm that they just wanted to rework the money that he's already owed and did not want an extension. Mm. Eventually, the Packers did come around to offer an extension, but Rogers was so pissed off at that point that he said, nope, I'm done. Trade me. And that is currently where we sit. So... We'll start things off here with, uh, we'll go from least amount of guilt in this to the most amount of guilt in my eyes. Aaron Rodgers. So something that has been overlooked in this whole process is his broken collarbone in 2013. He broke it again in 2017, played hurt in 2018, and in 2019, he wasn't exactly Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, we kind of live in this sphere where we're just looking at the last year for the most part where Rodgers was on fire, but... His play has kind of gone down to go down slightly, but mostly he's getting older and he has had a lot of injuries. Then he started squatting. Yeah, then he started squatting and stopped drinking milk and (laughs) all that type of stuff. The other big thing with Aaron Rodgers here is that he's still owed $38 million in dead cap. No matter Mm. what, he's going to get that $38 million unless he retires, which is not going to happen. Yeah, or or host Jeopardy. People have said, you know, the one... (laughs) People are like, okay, we they could trade them and they'll have cap relief because $15 million would come off the cap this year. But I'm like, that's still $16 million you're paying to not have Aaron Rodgers be the quarterback. And that would be next team. year, right? It would, Yes. it would Instead of just having the hit be this year, it would be this year and next yeah, year if oof. you trade them, which no, no thank you. The other big thing is the Kumaro thing that has popped up. Of course, after the initial report, that there's was been... Just, I mean, yeah. That was blown way out of proportion. I it, mean... yeah. You, you, 
yeah, maybe it was the the camel that broke the straw's back, so to speak. Yep. But um, I mean, I mean, really, it's it's a de- fans are just looking at that. You know, there's been the little reports that come out every few days. You know, wanting Goody. You know, he's not coming back unless Goody's gone. The Kumaro thing. But overlooked in this is the coaching staff also didn't want Kumaro to be cut, and they didn't know that he was going to be oh, cut. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Exactly. And that's what you lose in this narrative. Jason Wilde has reported this multiple times, and we're, you know, LaFleur wanted Kumaro, and the team wanted him because he was a reliable part of the offense. He wanted a more reliable part of the offense as opposed to a special teams guy like Malik Taylor or EQ, who didn't perform very well. And yeah, I mean, it's been, yeah it's been mentioned before that, that two point drop in the nfc championship i mean i think it's i think it's safe to say i'm not you know this kumaro fanboy and yeah, i was you were fine with very EQ. even keel i was very kumaro. fine with eq over kumaro but yeah I, I think kumaro comes down with that that's for sure yep yep and going on which we've mentioned before the whole rogers won't come back unless goody is fired now reading the article and the reports around that it's it's so stupid and wildy tried to talk about this on twitter too but it can't you can't get through to people's minds rogers never said goody has to go for him to come back it's just the circumstance is so vile right now where people don't see him coming back unless he gets fired yeah i oh i have a hard time believing that that was or is is or was aaron Rodgers' stance at any point of where it's either him or me like with yeah. goody i I just I don't know that seems that seems a little extreme for me. It's yeah, it's it's not so much it's him leaving yes, but he's not demanding that cuz he knows that won't happen, but it's like, you know, if if he just disappeared, Rodgers would probably be like, "Okay, hey, cool. Whoever the hopefully not Russ Ball filling in, but whoever we yeah. get, hey, I'll come back." Well, yeah, cuz then it's just the old. same same regime like I mean, it's still Mark it's, it's still Mark Murphy at at the top that is probably the real kind of root of this entire problem uh, yes exactly and the last thing with with rogers the biggest one is so we know that he's mad we know that he's pissed off and this has been the last three weeks and why a lot of fans have turned on him is if we offered you that extension that you originally wanted then what why are we still doing this right, right now? it's just a well i mean and people have said this it's like rogers is the all-time chip on my shoulder athlete yeah. I mean, it started from the day he literally entered the league. And well, in the day he played college ball, like he wasn't a heavy recruit. He fell in the draft when he became a high prospect in college. And yeah, he's just used that, you know, everyone's against me. I feel slighted mentality to, you know, be one of the, well, in my opinion, the best quarterback of all time. So it's like, it, it it's not too far-fetched to think, Oh, oh! Now you're backtracking after a restructure to and just trying to mend fences with the, with the extension after you know you've already disrespected me and yeah he could I mean who's to say he's not using that as a slight? It's gotten to the point now where I'm starting to think like what's more legendary with Aaron Rodgers, his play on the football field or his level of grudgeness? His his pettiness, <laughs> his calculation <laughs> yeah. in pettiness, yeah. So. We'll see going forward. He is set. We're recording on Monday. He is set to be on SportsCenter tonight oh, yeah, with Kenny Mean. Monday, May 24th. And the big news is um, he hasn't showed up to OTAs, which I mean, like, I, and people kind of want to discount that he, you know, he's newly married and he's enjoying yeah. but. At the same time, he's been to every single OTAs of his career. Like that is 
I mean, that's no coincidence. He does kind of luck out, so we'll get to it eventually, but we'll, we'll see what happens with Rodgers. But with the OTAs, and nothing's really came out yet, we'll know by the time this is out, but he's not going to be the only one not reporting. The whole COVID thing and right. the Players Association, shout out J.C. Treader, the former Packer, who's now the head of the NFLPA. Hey. I and even seeing today, like MVS is training somewhere else. He is not in Green Bay today. He posted that mm. on Instagram. So I think there's especially like a guy like that who ha- is on his rookie deal. So he has no incentive to get the workout bonuses. He doesn't have to show up. And I think there's going to be multiple players. So ah. if Rogers eventually comes back, he'd be like, oh, I got married and I didn't, you know, I've been to a million of these. I didn't want to right. come to OTAs. Right. Plus, what's a $500,000 workout bonus to Rogers at this point? Yeah. Like, n- nothing. <laughs> and plus, the other thing, too, is um, like with, I don't know, I'm sure this has a factor in it, uh, but the, like the Jawan James stuff with the Broncos tackle who tore his ACL away from the facility. Oh, and he was yeah. due like $10 million. So if he would have got hurt, like he had $10 million guaranteed if he would have just been a a healthy body when he showed up to camp or whatever. I, I I don't know the exact contract workings, but basically, yeah, if he shows up healthy, ten million. It, but since he tore it away from the facility, if he would have tore it at the facility, he still would have been due that that ten million. But since it was away from this facility, they cut him zero dollars to him. So uh, I wonder if like I don't know the the situation with all the OTAs around the league has has anything to do with that. Yeah, I well they've even I I'm not sure if. David Bakhtiari is going to show up. He's still rehabbing, obviously, but mm. we'll we'll have a better picture, you know, after a couple of days here because they're going to have to practice. I did see Kenny and Z showed up. So yeah, because they have the two two of the three uh, biggest uh, workout bonuses for, oh, for the okay. team. Yeah. It's like seven hundred fifty thousand dollars for Cedarius. So moving on to the next part of this painful triangle, Brian Gutenkunst. So obviously, I think a lot. <laughs> We we all played some type of mental gymnastics with the to Jordan justify, Love yeah. pick last year, <laughs> yeah. Because we knew something was coming, but it did seem a little too early, you know. But Brian was looking to protect the franchise. You know, he every one of his predecessors, uh, Ron Wolf, went a weird way to acquire Brett Favre, first Pitt. round pick for a third third string quarterback. Yep. Ted Thompson took Rodgers when he was slipping, and they had Brett Favre, and now Brian Gutenkunst kind of went out of his way to take the quarterback and, as well. Yeah, I mean, he traded up for it. That's something that... Exactly, which we kind of... I kind of pushed to the side before, but when Rodgers has actually said it now, it's like, okay, I guess I guess it is part of a thing there. Yeah. So that's, that's fine. You know, it's... And we've said it before. I'll say it again. It's not so much drafting Jordan Love it's what you do before and what you do after and we'll get into that more here so just looking at Brian's body of work at uh, quarterback prospects who are the two quarterback prospects who uh, in their first year out of the draft linked to Brian Gutenkunst do you, do you remember who these guys were uh, his very first year his his the first, you know these three years now there's been two quarterbacks that he's been kind of tied to that he had interest in and one of them he did actually acquire and played for the Packers. Uh, Kaiser. Yep. So Kaiser was one. There was the big rumor um, when he was when Ted was still GM quote quotes there, um, but Kaiser was very highly valued in the Packers organization. The other huh. is Denver. Denver's Drew Locke. Drew yeah, Locke. Yeah, that's right. So one thing, it's okay to 
maybe look forward to the future, but when you look at the two major prospects that he has valued, it's Deshaun Kaiser and Scott. Yeah. And neither of them. Yeah. I mean, um, Kaiser's out of the league right now and the other guy. Yeah, here. just to, I guess, from... Drew Locke. From, I keep saying Scott. Yeah, I, I noticed that. I don't know why. Correct me. Correct Please, My correct fault. me. My fault. Uh, <laughs> but what I, what I have seen smart NFL people say is that with Kaiser, I mean... It was super unfair to him and his NFL career. Like he got thrown in there as a rookie when he should. He had no business being on the field. Led the league in picks. And like, yeah, like you just, you know, it's a thing where you learn bad habits, and you know, how can you? It's it's probably got to be so. Like you're probably just so rattled. Like your like your your development is just shattered. Like, and I'm yeah. you know I'm thinking that's what happened with Kaiser. And I mean, similar to Drew Locke, like he didn't. I mean, he didn't start week one, I believe. I think he like was it Case Keenum. I think he over his rookie like year. Keenum probably got his hurt like year, week yep. three or four. So yeah, he had no yep. time to really develop. And but yeah, now it's kind of like Jordan Love has had a year in the system. Yeah, he hasn't played a, a live snap even a preseason yet. But like you know, he knows the NFL routine and and the playbook. And as long as he's able to read defenses, I don't know. I think yeah, well he can be better than both of those guys. But it's we have we have zero clue zero right and we will have to see it sucks because of covid offseason last year too like he's more far behind than most rookies would be anyways Mm -hmm. but part of that too is jason wildy has reported that the coaching staff did not they're not confident in mr jordan love i like so like what is the again what it's like the context of that report like there because he couldn't pete out Tim Boyle, like again, we never even saw him play in the preseason. There's, there's that, but then there's reading between the lines. So I listen to Wildy and Tausch every once in a while in the morning, and Wildy's a guy who he's not going to report something unless it's 100% concrete. He knows it as a fact, or you know, he's not. And plus, he's he's one of the big Green Bay guys. He doesn't want to cause a stir that's going to, you know, bubble other shit up too. Sure. So on his radio show, he hasn't wrote about this, but on his radio show, like Tauscher, who he does the show with pressed him pretty hard well what what does the coaching staff think of jordan love and like there's a big sign Wildy's like i don't think they have much confidence in him be it it's one year but Wildy also said that they're like rogers that you'd get those wow throws and he he said there was like two times last year where kaiser or kaiser oh boy, love made a throw and he was like wow what a what a great play so we'll see going forward you know we see the off i mean is Wildy at practice is he yes Every practice uh, that's open to the media the, during during the season, they're allowed to practice for the first twenty minutes, and then they have and to does leave. He get like interview access with coaches. He tech. I mean, he texts Goody. He texts a bunch of different guys that work for the team. Like he's reached out that way. Mm-hmm. I would I would assume to see what's going on with Jordan Love. But anyways, moving on to that. Mm-hmm. Another thing to look at with Goody is Rogers. I'm skeptical. S- yeah. Well, we'll see. Another thing looking at in the past with like Brett Favre and stuff is moving on. This was different. Rogers said he wanted to play until 40, but Goody seemingly didn't care based off his age and injuries. One could argue Goody still not wanting to admit defeat with the Jordan Love pick. You know, after the season, he wanted to restructure. This is a scenario you have to kind of look through is let's say you know, early on in the season, Rodgers has a season-ending injury. Okay, obviously don't want that to happen. Obviously, we do want him starting for us next year. Mm-hmm. But what if that happens and then Jordan Love comes in and he does light the world on fire? 
in that scenario, you're probably trading Jordan, you're probably trading Aaron Rodgers after the season and moving on with Jordan Love. That's what I think Goody was trying to do. He was trying to hedge his bet because he can, knowing how the contract is structured with Rodgers, hey, oh, we don't know, but you'll play for us this year, and then we'll see after that. And Rodgers said, okay, well, fuck you. Yeah. I, I don't care. I'm I'm the MVP of the league. Yeah, like I want some security. Exactly. And, you know, I kind of, you can understand each perspective a little bit there because that was Goody's, the one thing Goody's going to be known for is the Jordan Love pick, and he didn't want to cut bait that soon this yeah. offseason. Yep. And as mentioned previously, uh, communication has been an issue. Didn't talk to Rodgers about taking Love, uh, cutting Jordy, signing Jimmy, cutting Kumaro, which is fair. I think some of that stuff you can is fair to talk about, but he Rodgers probably felt like an idiot talking on NFL Network the day before. Right. I cut. mean, yeah, the timing was very, very disrespectful. And, and I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to remember, too, because I don't remember if it was roster cut down. Or, yeah, was there some sort if, of implication where if they didn't do it that day? like that? Now that I think of it, too, it was roster cut downs because Kumaro was cut at the very end, and it was two days before. So it, some could look at it that it was a power move from Rodgers publicly saying, hey, I love Kumaro. If he gets cut, I'm going to be pissed. He got cut. Yeah. And he got pissed. Something to think about. Not not the best thing, but something I mean, to think about. <laughs> oh, if just Jake Kumaro is the Jenga block that just... I know. It makes this whole thing crash and burn. It's it's hilarious. Well, well, one of the Jenga blocks for Favre was when they sent him his locker that summer in the offseason. He was like, oh, they really want me to stay retired, huh? They're sending me my old locker so that I will stay retired and I can't The old locker? Back. What do you mean? They literally cut Brett Favre's locker out oh, of geez. Lambeau Field and <laughs> sent it to him in Kiln, Mississippi. I mean, that's the... Yeah, I don't I don't understand that at all. It was ten, that's it was very cumbersome. Yeah. Like I don't that yeah, that seems like a bit much. It would be very odd to receive that too, like not knowing it was coming. Oh yeah, you got a package <laughs> from us. Like, what is it? It's just like a your locker. I'm I'm still thinking about maybe coming back. Yeah. But and one more thing with that too, pe- people could say whatever they want about informing Rogers of these decisions. And maybe it's because of what's happened now with Rodgers, but look at how the Bears treated um, taking Justin Fields. They let Andy Dalton know ahead of time that they were drafting I mean, Fields. come on. like Just saying. Just saying. But, I mean, he, Andy Dalton went there knowing he was going to be the starter. So even then, like, telling him ahead of time, what the hell does that make Andy Dalton feel any better like he's still in that scenario of he's not going to be the starter I think he was told otherwise and that's kind of like like I get it I get that yeah communication should be should have been made to Rogers and being like hey you know we really like this kid from Utah State you know if he's there we're going to try and trade up and get a receiver you know we really like the LSU kid but if he's there you know he's he's the guy on our board we're gonna have to take him and like okay and they take so what does that communication like yes i mean i guess it's a sign of respect and whatever but at the same time like we're still here we're like rogers quote-unquote replacement is still there on the roster like yeah exactly it but it is the communicate communicating can smooth these things over so much more if you if they call rogers ahead of time they're like hey it's just because you know you're (laughs) you're old and your bones coming off a bum bum leg (laughs) money but (laughs) If, if there was some form of communication, I think we'd be better off right now. And yeah, yeah. And that, yeah, I, I'm not saying, yeah, like complete blunder to not communicate with Rogers at all. 
complete fuck up. But at the same time, like we're we're still here in this awkward position today, regardless. Yeah. And the, what I would say, what I believe happened is there were there was a plan A and a plan B in the 2020 draft. Plan A was take a, the, the receiver the that fell, either yeah. Justin Jefferson or Ayuk for who got drafted by Which, the I Niners. Mean, even then, like I just remember. I, yeah, and I've seen that Ayuk was actually the guy they were going for at 26. Yeah. But, like, Jefferson, that was never in the realm of possibility to me. Not like, really. I, like, that was my draft crush, but it, I only have a draft crush on people who are impossible to get. Like, Devin White. Exactly. The other well, year. if oh. if he fell past the Vikings, maybe we would have moved up to draft him. But anyways, I think the receiver was plan A, and I think they did communicate plan A to Aaron. But they did not communicate plan B to which Aaron. Which feels weird. Like, which was moving up to take Jordan Love. And they also didn't uh, tell Matt LaFleur that they were going to move up to take Jordan now Love. Now that to me just seems uh, uh, inexcusable is not even a word that does it. Ju- There's, uh, it's so, I'm stumbling words. It's I can't even are you, piece them together. Are you it's red so with hate? Are, can you feel it my, on like, your spine? Because that's what happens with me. My blood is running hot. It. I uh, like the head coach of your football team, the guy who's going to be responsible for molding this young un- individual has like no idea what like that is so laughably inexcusable to me. I, I can't even laugh about it. So some might say that within the organization currently, there are silos of communication yeah, that there's communication isn't happening. So for the last try, the last part of this whole saga we're going to talk about Mark Murphy, and we're going to bring back a segment. Hey, we're stealing your content. I was obviously invited on to Willie and Tausch to talk about this. I wasn't a weirdo calling into a radio station to just vent <laughs> about Mark Murphy. So here's that clip when, you know, Jason, Willie, and I were just shooting the shit. Let's talk to Spencer in Minnesota. Spencer, good morning. Welcome to Willie and Tausch. What do you got for us? Mark Murphy. I, through all this, it feels like he's the guy who's getting off completely scotch-free compared to, obviously, all the fire Gutenkunst and trade Rogers talking. I, I just don't think this guy should still be the president of the Green Bay Packers. Because? Well, it's, so obviously this bubbled up again, but even over the last five years when he's had to make decisions one way or, or another, he just messes it up. I mean, for so, for starters, he wasn't he wasn't the first pick to be the president, right? That was John true. Jones way back in the day. True. Yep. True. Then he, I mean, everyone. I mean, I love Ted Thompson. He allowed Ted to remain as GM when he was going through his health issues, and that obviously didn't seem to be the best plan of action. True. After that, he he bungled the Mike McCarthy firing. All he had to do was wait, you know, twelve more hours to fire him in the morning, but instead, it turned into a whole awkward sending off type deal good point and maybe maybe you could argue you know more of the business side is what his strength is but as far as i can tell the whole title town district and all of that has been an ed policy thing who seems to be the guy who's going to replace mark murphy in five years and then at the same time you know he kept preaching getting the nfl draft in green bay and that hasn't happened and that's true and that doesn't even include when he's spoken in public the last three years, I mean, he had the silos of communication, which obviously we've been talking about over the last week. He had the we're not idiots just a couple months ago. And then even during the head coaching search, he said that the other coaching candidates weren't prepared. And that obviously 
miss some guys in the league. And that's not even talking about what happened over this past week with all these lines of communication, obviously not being connected. I mean, we've talked about the Kumaro thing enough, but even the coaches, like you've said, weren't very happy that it happened. And on top of that, something that's been overlooked is last week, Jay Glazer reported, I haven't heard anyone else really talk about this, that even Matt LaFleur didn't know that the Packers were trading up to take Jordan Love. I don't know how a guy who was here in 2008 and left the, let the Brett Favre thing happen somehow allowed this to happen again, even when he was claiming that him, Gutenkunst, uh, and LaFleur were meeting like every week to go over this. On top of this, with the triangle structure that they're talking about, where it's Russ Ball, Brian Gutenkunst, and uh, Matt LaFleur, I mean, just looking at that on the outside, who's going to have more pull in that situation? The two guys who work together and have been part of the organization for the last 20 years or the head coach who's a first time head coach and he's only been doing it for t- two years. So I just threw up to me, obviously the board isn't going to do anything, but I just, I don't know what Mark Murphy does. Well, take a Spencer. bow, take a bow. Oh my God. Preach. So, uh, to me, the, the, of all the things he said, which was, that was a fantastic call, Spencer. Thanks. Um, to me, the biggest thing is that you made a big federal production about how you were going to break down all the silos. <laughs> and here we sit. And it appears, I said this earlier in the week, the silos are all still there. So, so did you, did you take your bow? No, uh, I don't think I did in my apartment. No, that was a very, very uh, well organized and well thought out rant. And they, I love how they just, they just let you go. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, like the end of court, you know, the back end of quarantine, still kind of like locked up. And I'm like, just thinking, like, fuck, man, why Mark Murphy did this? Oh, and he did this. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Ha- what has he done? And I'm like, well, the Titletown District. I'm like, wait a minute, he's not even the real guy behind that. <laughs> yeah, the amount of times you said, and on top of that, it was <laughs> yeah. just a mountain of receipts. So I will say this, I do know what Mark Murphy is good at, and that is, it, no joke, um, hiring people, because he did hire Brian Gutenkunst, <laughs> he did hire Matt LaFleur, one way or another, and he did hire Ed Policy, who is doing all his actual president okay, work sure yeah and that guy's gonna be the president in five years so mark murphy is 65 years old when you turn 70 you're pretty much cut off that's like that's a requirement it's a requirement because without having an owner they set an age limit and when you get to that you're mm. done so the only thing that could happen is if the board moved on from mark murphy but that would be a shocking development i could not see that happening with the success of the franchise both on the field and off it but jesus christ i mean Dude, all you got to do is pick up the phone and tell Brian to yeah. talk to Rogers a little I mean, bit more yeah. and the coach more. Yeah, going back to your rant, like you're absolutely right. And it's still true to this day of like no one's really talking about it. Like why is Mark Murphy getting none of this flack? Like he should be getting the most of it. it it's as simple as having legitimate, real life experience on such a unique Yes and delicate and just very bizarre and uncomfortable and just quite frankly shitty situation Mm -hmm. like he has real life experience about the impact of it on the fans on the organization on the players and yet still just monumentally blunders again and it's crazy too because obviously he lived through the just the the farv saga in 2008 but the reason that the communication breakdown 
you know, this new structuring where everyone reports to Mark Murphy instead of just the GM as it was previously when the Packers have been amazing. This is the structure we had back in the 70s and 80s when we were dog shit. And for him <laughs> to take the bull by the horns and say, we need to communicate better because of the Ted Thompson, Mike McCarthy thing, not even the Favre thing. Like there's multiple instances where you should have learned from this and you said you were going to bring everyone together. And you quite honestly did the exact opposite. It's like, what What do you do, man? Yeah. Because he even said last year they were meeting every week talking about stuff. But obviously, Matt LaFleur seems to be the odd guy out. He doesn't make the personnel decisions. But my God, you'd think you'd lean Kumro over EQ or, you'd or want, something. Or yeah, you'd want his input to just not even notify him of the move is, is just completely... Completely inexcusable. Yeah, I I hope he. I can't wait to hear him talk again because he'll get absolutely roasted. I hope from the media, but I'm also waiting. I'm hoping for like a Tom Silverstein hit piece to come out questioning Mark Murphy and mm. and the job he's done because really he was, get that seat warmed up. T- Tom's the guy who so, you know you're coming around now where you're starting starting to like Tom because he just kind of <laughs> says it as he is and reports the stuff even if you don't like it because. Even when we moved on from Ted and we were looking for the new GM, he was the guy who said that the front runner right now is Russ Ball, and a lot of people have questions if Russ Ball should be the next GM because he has no scouting history. Right. I mean, he's just the finance guy. Exactly. Why, why can't we just so give him at that role? Thank God Tom wrote that because if he didn't write that, who knows who the GM of the Packers would be because there was public backlash when just that, that like, idea oh, was spinning around. This is going to be the guy? Yeah. Uh-huh. So we'll see. You know, Hopefully going forward. Things will even out, but to end the Rodgers talk for this episode, I just the, what Kyle, what, what do you think is going to happen, and what do you want to have? Happen? I, I think, and I don't want to think beyond this that Rodgers plays for the Packers this year. I think, I think that's it. And like I said, I don't want to think beyond it. I have no clue. <laughs> they brought everyone back. Like, yeah. This is another kind of minor detail in the whole situation of just like I, I kind of feel bad for Aaron Jones. Like I feel yeah. like he took a lot, a lot less money than he could have gotten on the free market because I mean he was under the implication it was you know run it back mm-hmm. and yeah I, that's just a kind of a side tangent. I, f- I feel bad wrong. for him, but I uh, what I want to happen. I got no idea. (laughs) I I don't even know. There's just, I mean, ideally Rogers plays in green and gold until he's forty. A couple MVPs, couple more Super Bowls, and then they just hand the baton to Jay Love, and then you continue it. (laughs) Now, is that going to happen? Not a chance. Yeah, but that is the ideal scenario, and that's what I want. But I'm also not a moron, and I know that's like under at this point not possible at all yeah zero percent chance i'm pretty similar in that what i think is going to happen is rogers is going to come back he's going to half-ass pretend that he doesn't know what everyone was talking about with all this he was like yeah we had our differences but it wasn't nearly as bad as what the media made it out to be something something like that i think that's what's going to yeah and and he'll come back and play this year and then you think it's then i think we're then I honest to God think the Broncos are just going to be the rebound for like two of the best quarterbacks of all time mm. where we'll, we'll trade him to Denver, see what happens. And then it's going to be the J love. And we'll, we'll, I think we'll probably draft another quarterback too. And that time mm. we'll require another one. That's what I think is going to happen, which 
I don't want to have happen because what I would do is, you know, whatever the minimum is that Rodgers would want for years guaranteed right now, I give him that. Three years, four years, five years, probably not five. He probably, yeah. I mean, he probably wants four. Yeah, three or four. It's like I can, we can get away with that. Go from there because, honest to God, I'd, I'd rather, <laughs> and we've talked about this, I'd rather have, you know, a shitty year with Rodgers and move on with that and maybe a, a second shitty year of like a rebuild than to see him go on and win a Super Bowl for another team. If he goes on to another team and wins a Super Bowl and we have Jordan Love and say he's an average quarterback. That will be the laughing stock of the league. Exactly. And it would be absolutely Like awful. will be an absolute joke. Yeah, it will be will be the butt of every joke for the next decade. And it'll be for sure devastating. And I can't believe how many fans actively want to trade Aaron Rodgers. It's even guys that is like so bizarre to me. It's it was shocking the day after to see Andy Herman say we need to trade Aaron Rodgers. It's the, literally like, the day after. It's like, like yeah, as as dis- disheveled and messed up as I was, <laughs> like sixteen hours later, be like, yep, sorry, time to ship him. Like what, dude? Hey, Hey, could we first understand why he wants yeah, to get traded just fully? Relax a little bit. Ugh, it's it's absolutely terrible. I honest to God, I think what's going to happen. Rogers is going to tweet like he's going to get some restructure. Maybe he he does get an extension, and then he's going to tweet relax. Oh, honest to God, I think that's what's oh, going to happen. So goosebumps. Let's hope. I just I again my stance from <laughs> from the minute Jordan Love was drafted was like, okay, you hear that. There's a circus coming. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's going to come. There's going to be a media frenzy where it's just going to be nonstop Rogers clickbait articles. I knew it was coming, and it, but I thought, okay, we have at, at least two. Like two, you couldn't convince me otherwise. Yeah. And I thought even three for Charles. Like there's three years, like kind of same same deal with Rogers. Like he sat for three years, yep. whatever. But I was just blindsided that the circus was here this offseason. Like the, the the circus is here and it's it's sold out. Yeah. The the circus is here and the last Swiss cake roll is gone. Mm. That's that's what it is. All right, one more thing, Kyle, I guess on the Rogers talk, just to lighten the mood a little bit. Everyone's hurting for information on this. Any little snippet we could get, people are trying to read between the lines. So I'm gonna read some Packers players tweets that have happened. And let's see, maybe the, and this was all the week after the Rogers stuff happened. Let's see if we can read between the lines and see if these are subtweets. Mm. This is from MVS. You can't do the same thing and expect different results. Mm. That's the definition of insanity, isn't it? Exactly. So maybe, maybe he's saying, well, which one's insane? Is well, the Packers or Rogers? Exactly. Is it Rogers who's losing the, the championship games, or is it the Whoa. Packers for sticking with them? Whoa. Who knows? I mean, MVS was the best player on that field. People forget that. Mm. Here's another one. Someone who wasn't the best player on the field, I guess. Devontae Adams. Hey. Gotta appreciate Jeez. what you got while you got oh, it. Oh, that one blew up. That one that made me. Up. That made me very uncomfortable. Yeah, Rodgers did not that like that too. at all. <laughs> yeah. Did not like that. Yeah, that one's a little scary because there could be some other meanings there with him being in Well, the yeah, I mean, obviously well. everyone saw the soundbite of... Uh, yeah, you would have to think twice about signing here again if Rodgers wasn't here. Right, and I mean, I didn't take much away from that because it's well, like, yeah, I mean, you, to me, I it's kind of obvious. Too. Yeah, where it's like, if Rodgers here, Tay is probably not going to be either. Which, yep, is 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 something I hadn't even, I didn't, I hadn't even realized <laughs> right. was backlash until a few days after the Rodgers news, and then it just yeah. you know sunk me deeper. So we'll see. Hopefully, Tough something times, works man. out there too. Tough times. Yep. 
This is from Alan Lazard. Don't be afraid to ask for what you want. Mm. Ooh, maybe talking about Aaron there. God, these all seem like these are pro Rogers, which I understand. Obviously, players are going to be looking out for the players. Yep. And this is one more, the last one. Uh, this is from former Packers wide receiver Geronimo Allison. I wonder if Iowa females got that drip drop <laughs> wet, wet. And I won't say that last word, but I think you know what it is. Kyle, what, what do you think about that? Oh, that um, one's from 2012. Yeah, uh, I will say the Iowa females do have the drip. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's your comment on that. Okay, very cool. I, I'm re- reading between the lines. Well, I'm just reading the lines, <laughs> yeah. and I'm affirming. Yes. Hello, American football fans. Are you trying to score more clients? Well, now it is time to kick off a new email campaign. At B2B Data Guy, we pass your message to qualified receivers. We'd love to sit down and talk to you about how we can field your goals. We make sure your emails aren't intercepted by spam filters. Your emails won't get flagged for unnecessary sending. There's no market we can't tackle. We've never punted on a customer. We think we're a pretty fair catch. There's no way we won't insert football pun. With our message to the right audience, it's easy to touch down with qualified leads. Visit b2bdataguide.com today. All right, moving on to the NFL draft that did happen. And hey, the Packers, honestly, honest to God, this is probably one of my favorite draft classes. Last year, not as much. Wow. This one, it's weird because... Love we may- judging a draft class before they have a snap. Love yeah, that. but okay, we'll you know get me. into it. But it, it's, it's exciting. So we'll start things off. Packers stayed put in the first round, 29 overall. They took... Eric Stokes, the cornerback out of Georgia, who will wear number 21, a pretty famous number for the Green Bay Packers, Ooh. Mr. Charles Woodson. And in classic Packers fashion, not this is not a bad thing. I, I've, I've said it multiple times on this podcast. I don't participate in the, the draft analysis, the mock drafts, the, ooh, I love this guy at this position, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you, there's obviously guys that you're familiar with and, yeah. like, you see are projected to land. But Eric Stokes? Never heard of him before in my life until was, until Roger Goodell said it that night. And again, not a bad thing. If anything, this means it's a slam dunk because of uh, same thing with Kenny Clark. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Every, every year going into the draft, I'm less and less involved, like in my own brain, because I'm like, you you never do know. And this, you, you just, especially with the Packers front office, you just don't. This was a little surprising too, because a lot of people had corner as a high need for the Packers, but his name didn't pop up as much. But looking at his qualifications, he ran a four three forty. He's fast, but not quick. His shuttle times weren't that great. He's four and uh, three quarters inches tall, and his RAS score he's four inches tall, huh? Is that what I said? I'm so <laughs> bad at reading and talking. Four and three quarters <laughs> this man tall. is four <laughs> inches tall. We'll see. We'll see. You know, uh, it doesn't it kind of lacks size? People uh, doubted Darius Shepard, and oh wait, nope, that's a really bad example actually. Uh, but no, he's very athletic. His RAS score was nine point three seven, which is very athletic, which is what the Packers look for. He's not a ball hawk. Only had four ints in college. What? But he also he wasn't, wasn't targeted. He exactly. He wasn't targeted a lot, which. We'll see what that means going into the pros. Does you know? Does it mean is it actually because he was a shutdown guy, or maybe they just happened to not throw at him that much? Um, well, I mean, he had he was tasked with you know the the Jalen Waddles, the Devonte Smiths. He, well, that's I guess, right. Yeah, yeah, those are just Bama, but yeah, they, those are <laughs> real deal receivers. True, he did he did play against actual competition. Uh, also, in his 
introductory press conference, they asked, you know, what what do you want to tell fans? What what do you want them to know about your play? And he got all excited. He was like, I want them to know that I'm a dog. Mm. Like I'm gonna get in there and I'm like, that's yes. that's not the Kevin King half ass shoulder tackle stuff. <laughs> hey, I guess come on now. Yeah, we'll we'll see, but that does get you a little excited. He to me he feels like the exact opposite of Josh Jackson, where Josh Jackson in college, kind of slow, tall, slow, but he's quick, and he did make a lot of plays on the ball. Yeah. Stokes, not so much, but he's a very fast player. We'll see. Maybe his ball skills he'll will move up a little bit, and he can be more of a Sam Shields type, mm. where he's really fast, can make plays like that. But yeah, this is this fun. is why I love the draft because it takes me eh, about fifteen to twenty seconds to talk myself into a draft pick. Yeah, even I Jordan like Love. All, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I'll see. Well, that one took about one right. or two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I see like the Eric Stokes and like I, I see I see a tweet of like a notes app screenshot of like uh, Eric Stokes scouting report, which is a bunch of bullet points about him. It was like twelve bullet points. I'm like, yep, I'm sold. <laughs> I love this guy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then another stupid. Uh, very, very stupid. I'm aware this is very stupid. This P- is stupid. A PFF thing where oh, it was God. just like of all the corners in the draft, the highest probability of com- becoming a pro bowler or an all pro was Eric Stokes. Yeah, it's stupid as hell. It's very dumb. But it was like of all the corners in the draft, like yeah, he was my the eyebrow highest, highest, highest <laughs> percentage of, yeah. Making the Pro Bowl. Someone just needs to give Pro Football Focus a franchise, and they can draft the best <laughs> yeah. players. Remember how? Remember just how AJ Dillon was even ranked last year yeah. going into ugh, whatever. But now we'll he's see. out here crushing watermelons, his <laughs> that, thighs. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's honestly, I can't for, even for understand those who didn't that see AJ Dillon on his TikTok. God, I, I'm feeling I'm older. Get this, I'm getting older, older and older every year. But when Damn. he releases a TikTok breaking a watermelon with his thighs it's like okay this is what world are we living in now with <laughs> players cool now <laughs> yeah okay moving on josh myers taken in the second round 62 overall the center out of ohio state who will wear number 71 which he wore at ohio state same as the player he's replacing Corey lindsley who went to ohio state and wore that number Big dude for a center, especially his he's six five, which is massive. That's like a tackle yeah, size. Yeah, holy shit! He can play center, uh, or he can play guard as well. Uh, he didn't test in the spring because of a turf toe injury, but he was one of the highest rated centers in the draft. He only allowed six sacks on seven hundred and fifty five passing snaps. Uh, like I said, he will replace Lindsley. A lot of people thought you know tackle was a bigger need in this draft, but I think drafting of Myers just shows you how important of a piece Elton Jenkins is and how great it was mm. that we drafted him when he did because I really think this means Elton's going to be the long-term solution at right tackle and mm. Myers is going to be the center going forward. But kind of, you know, a fun, not fun, but it it's once again a, a meat and vegetables tri- type draft yes, pick. Yes, very necessary. And I, yeah, I think the Packers have a great track record of drafting O-linemen, especially early. So the, I always love it meat and potatoes as draft. much as we look under a microscope for receivers we have taken or have not taken the offensive lineman it's like we always overlook that when we've been one of the best over the last decade at the last two decades in drafting offensive linemen i will say yep. this though they had the rookie mini camp last week and seeing those little clips and pictures he's got 
You know, you look at him and he's got a big build, but he's got skinny legs mm. for for a big guy. I mean, he is six five though, right? But the calves were just a little skinnier. So, well, like, I see. If I'm picking one well, pro- player to fair. bust, it's him. I don't yeah? think that's fair for you to say because I'm absolutely six four, it is not. and my my legs will always be skinny. Like no matter what I do, even if I squat seven hundred pounds, which I'm at six fifty five now, but they I, they'll never they'll never be fat. And it's just I don't think that's fair for you to. You know, ridicule me and Josh Myers for our skinny legs. Yeah, why don't you have as thick of calves as Jake, your older brother? I, because I'm six four. Oh, I'm okay. stretched out. Okay. I got long bones. <laughs> God. Okay, that's fine. But we'll see. But just go looking forward. If if he doesn't end up that great, I'm going to blame the skinny legs. legs. That's fair. Now the most exciting draft pick. Yes. In this draft, yes, Mr. Amari Rogers, oh Packers traded up Woo. in the third round. Uh, they took him 85th overall wide receiver out of Clemson. He will wear number eight, yes, which will be a fun little thing to get new, used to. New going rule, forward. and it was it was very funny to see Tom Brady bitch about it. I mean, my God, that that is weird. I wonder what Rogers feels about it too, because I could see that being one of his like pre-snap things, very easily being able to pick yeah. guys out. So, but yeah, I am uh, sky high on Amari Rogers. Comes from a winning culture. Yep, was used all over the place, and is seems just like a, a heaven sent for this offense in terms of gadget play because we've had as <laughs> as much as we wanted swerve and irvin to happen yeah he was and for as a hot much minute. as we wanted Tavon austin to, to happen there i mean they're just nowhere near the prospect that amari well i guess <laughs> as a prospect Tavon was but that's i got you i'm losing, yeah. I'm losing myself but He's, as a prospect yeah amari just seems like this is perfect he should be fun like you said last year when we took deguara how he is kind of that moving piece h-back type who can play tight end fullback whatever mm-hmm. and can move them all over amari seems to be like he'll be that but the replacement for like we said irvin austin even late in the year you know we didn't the jet sweep stuff kind of left right because like they just weren't reliable or wasn't very productive yeah it was like mvs who can run fast and he's not going to go between yeah. he's not going to cut up field right try to get tackled like that i mean yeah how many games was irvin active last year like four yeah, just, just, I don't remember. It was it was like four Not or six. Much. I think he, he tried to push coming back, and then he hurt his foot. I think he broke his foot and then went on the IR, and we just took Tavon. But yeah, Amari, not a big guy. Uh, five, nine and a half, 212 pounds. Out of character pick for the Packers, who do not draft wide receivers. It was kind of a Ron, uh, Ron Wolf rule that he had in place, where you don't take guys under 5'10", I believe. Randall Cobb is the only other short receiver. Hmm. We've I think taken. that worked out pretty well. Yeah, people. Yeah, people could say that he was a pretty good guy. Um, but Amari should be fun. Hopefully, he's a little more durable as well for a shorter guy. But he's built like a fucking running back. I saw something that he got over an ACL tear in like six months. Yeah, what kind of? It, it was what kind of shit is that? It was 173 days. What that? Like that's insane. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, the way modern medicine is progressing, hopefully, you can just like, you know put a needle in your knee and then like put a synthetic ACL there and you know, you're, you're only you only miss three plays <laughs> hopefully hopefully that's what David Bakhtiari has something along those lines yes. he'll be good to go this season but yeah the other interesting thing talking about Cobb uh, Amari Martin's dad Amari um, Martin Amari Rogers dad is T Martin the former Tennessee quarterback was the backup to Peyton Manning back mm. in the day but he's he was a coach. He was Randall Cobb's coach back in college. He's actually right now the wide receiver coach for the Baltimore Ravens. Oh. But 
uncanny he, connection there. Very, very odd. Uh, after Amari got drafted, he even said that he looks at Randall Cobb as a brother and that they talk all the time. Beautiful. So it seems like the most clear cut, like, hey, Aaron, come back. We have, obviously, everyone's made the joke. Oh, hey, we got an A. Rogers now. But this is like a cool little slot piece I, where we can put that in the office. So excited. Like, Matt LaFleur has just got to be so pumped about this. And it just feels, it just feels like it's going to be one of those mid-round home run wide receiver picks for the Packers. I know you said it's not like a typical in terms of size, but in terms of of uh, placement of where he was drafted, yeah, I just think it's just going to be another another home run. Yeah, we haven't had, I can't think of any, like the worst guy we've, like the highest drafted receiver who busted out for us over the last decade is like... Jamon Moore. Jamon Moore. That's pretty much it. Fourth round, I think. Yeah. So, but yeah, because prior to that, geez, like who... God, yeah, Yancey in the in the sixth or seventh. I, was, I mean, yeah, like, after any, that, anything, it was like, it was like Janice like and Charles Johnson yeah. and guys like that. So who cares? Yeah, we'll see. He's but gonna yeah, be John good. Moore, how did they? He's out of the league. Yeah, he's so bad now too. And he was the highest drafted one out of out of the three of them. Yeah. But also on top of it, special teams player, punt returner, kick returner. Yes, oh that'll my be goodness. Especially punt returner, it seems like he'll be. You know, he's kind of shifty. Get some security back there. Finally, that'll be nice. So we'll forget about swerving very quickly unfortunately last thing too is he worked out with stokes this offseason they're good buddies too it's ah. crazy how many connections there were with yeah. this draft class moving on to the fourth round 142nd overall this was the compensatory pick we got for blake martinez three picks free pick royce newman the offensive lineman out of old miss he'll wear number 70 tj lang's old number six five three ten he played tackle mostly, but he's a versatile piece. He's played pretty much everywhere on the offensive line as well. He had a 97.8 blocking efficiency over the four years playing for Ole Miss, and he has a mullet, hmm. which is pretty cool. He should be a fun player to watch going forward. But once again, a like you said, a creative, flexible piece for the offensive line. Yeah, yes. I'm excited. I don't... Uh... I don't have much input. Yeah, we'll, I, uh, we'll have to. We'll I like have to O-line picks. I'm not super good at evaluating them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can just you regurgitate what other people say. Correct. Oh, and he's tall and thick. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> Very nice. Moving on to the fifth round, uh, 173 overall, TJ Slayton, defensive tackle out of Florida. He'll wear number 93, which was worn by the legend Eric Walden. Slayton is 6'4", 330 pounds, not a high RAS score. He only started one year for Florida. Not a pass rush guy, more of a run stuffer, uh, which we've been begging for for years mm. on the defensive line. Yep. Uh, hopefully he's the, the Snacks Harrison that will actually get to play for the Packers. He's very raw, but very powerful. It'll be intriguing to see what Jerry Montgomery does with him. As we've talked in the past, Last year's been a little iffy. Kiki's been hurt, but Jerry Montgomery is one of the better positional coaches on this team. So to get him a raw piece of clay like this, mm. hopefully we'll have an actual tandem of you know Kenny, Kiki, and yeah, super super interesting tidbit on Slayton that I didn't seem to see a lot of coverage of is that he was recruited out of high school as a offensive lineman. He was like a very highly touted oh, yeah? prospect, and I believe he signed with the Gators. As an O-lineman, but then, yeah, that's why he's only been a one-year starter is because he switched, you know, either early or late in his college career. And um, and then there was, like, a very brief – I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was someone on the Packers beat or someone that writes 
about the Packers um, that said this would this could be a possibility of like they're actually drafting him as like a oh offensive guard or something. But that Christ. was very brief. It was yeah. I it hope. was like I was like after I read <laughs> after I read the initial like stuff on that, I hadn't seen anything on it since. But I just thought that was that was really interesting. I feel like we're deepest at offensive line. Really for. As far as talent goes, when you just look at the last two years, because we did, you know, with Runyon and Jake Hansen and Jason Stepanak, who we'll have to see how those three turn out. Runyon looks like a pretty good guard. But with these three draft picks now, too, in this draft class, we've we've spent a lot of draft capital on these offensive linemen now with Elton. And you look at David Bakhtari being one of the best in the league. It'll be very interesting to see going forward what that turns out, because I mean, I don't think we need to pick up any more linemen going for it. Like, we'll just go like saying that Slayton, we don't have to convert them because yeah. we have too many as it I is. I mean, just look at it's as simple as just look at the past, not even the past five, probably just every Super Bowl winner ever. Like, there were there are no yeah. terrible offensive lines that win Super Bowls. Exactly. Just look at this past year's Super Bowl yeah. with the Kansas City Chiefs. Makes me sick. Talk about versatility too. I didn't didn't say this Royce Newman the offensive lineman we took in the fourth he was like a quarterback in high school he's literally played every single position on offense I think he played receiver too he showed up I believe at Old Miss or if he went to a a school before that as a tight end wow and then they were like hey you want to play offensive line and that's where he's stuck athlete hell yeah yeah uh moving on to the fifth round 178th overall this is the Brian Balaga Compensatory pick. Ah. Shamir Jean Charles, cornerback, Appalachian State. Shamar. Shamar Jean Charles, cornerback, Appalachian State. Number 22, he will wear. That was Pat Lee's old number, the legend, who is a very bad player for the Packers. Solid college player, 5'10. Five five Jeez, I'm really good at the numbers. 184 pounds. His 40 was 4.51 could run an eight and a half 40 actually <laughs> he, i'm not so he sure you tripped could. got up tripped again and <laughs> kept going different than the other uh corners we've taken recently where he broke up 17 passes as a senior which led all of college football last year so he's he is a ball hawk as opposed to the other guys we've taken he should c- compete with holman for that last corner spot We'll see. People yeah, they are just saying, released uh, a corner today. Yeah, some practice squad guy who I wasn't even. It wasn't even the guy that they talked up during training camp, a special teamer. Mm. So we'll see. Just another camp body. Hopefully he'll push Holman and Sullivan, who's back as well. Yeah. After, after that, more more corner depth is is always good, and yeah, kind of kind of. That's what's the beauty the beauty about Twitter. I never I didn't see a lot of people like have an issue with the Eric Stokes pick. I don't, I didn't really, I mean, you saw people, Oh, first round receiver, whatever. But like I, uh, and even if you did, I don't know why you'd have an issue with that pick at all. Like cornerback play costs a trip to the Super Bowl. It, it is very much that it's, simple. It's crazy how that narrative has shifted. How last year with Jordan love, it was, why didn't you take a wide receiver? And then we're in the NFC Championship game. We lose. Kevin King plays terribly. And Packer fans were saying, oh, we could have used that Jordan Love pick for a corner, which we weren't talking about at that time. And then this year, the first round pick, we take Stokes. Packer fans mostly are happy that we take a corner. And then the national media is like, oh, my God, they still aren't helping Aaron Rodgers out. It's it's so hard to like keep a straight, you know, when if you're actually paying attention to keep a even keel here. But everything's just so fucking out of whack. Yeah, need your engagement. 
Exactly. Moving on, the uh, 214th pick, Cole Van Lannan, the offensive lineman out of Wisconsin. Hell yeah. He'll wear number 78. He was a Packer fan growing up. Apparently, when he got the call, he was 15 minutes away from Lambeau. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Another another thick boy, Wisconsin Rays, 6'4", 305. Um, he's pretty quick for an offensive lineman. He was all Big Ten the last two years at tackle. He can play tackle or guard. He, like I said, grew up in Green Bay, and apparently when he got the call, it showed up as a spam call. A lot of people have talked about that, <laughs> but it was Classic. actually Goody, which is weird. How does that algorithm work if Goody's popping up as a spam call, right. especially if it's the same zip code? Why is that happening? Yeah, that's uh, that's bad. That's a bad algorithm. Yeah, and if if you want to feel old, he said his favorite players growing up to watch were Favre, Rogers, and David Bakhtiari. Huh. He's he's even said that he watches every snap Bakhtiari plays. Just to try to learn from that. And that was before he got Pretty drafted. Good. Now he shares a position room with him. Yeah, so love it. We'll we'll have to monitor that going forward. But every every offensive lineman we took in this draft can play multiple positions, which is. A pretty big stamp for Goody's draft picks now. Obviously, we did that in the past as well, but especially now with Elton leading the way and being a pro bowler while doing so, hopefully we can match that with one of these other guys as well. Absolutely. Moving on to probably my favorite, aside from Omari Rogers' uh, draft pick this year, in the sixth round, 220th overall, this was the Kyle Fackerel compensatory Mm. pick. Isaiah McDuffie. What a beautiful name. Inside linebacker, Boston College. He'll wear number 58. Uh, he former teammate with God. That's such AJ a Dillon. sixth round pick name. McDuffie, I love yeah, that. Isaiah I, McDuffie. That doesn't get more drafted in the sixth round than that. If he gets a second contract, like I'm going to get a McDuffie jersey just because yeah. it's such a ridiculous name. <laughs> but yeah, six one two twenty seven ran his forty uh four point five eight. So not much slower than uh the corner that we took in the fifth round, Gene Charles. Hmm. Very instinctual player. I don't know anything about football. So I watch football, but watching his tape, every time you you watch his college highlights, it's like the opposite of Blake Martinez where he's very instinctual and he knows where the play is going, what's going mm. on, and he runs. He runs to the running back instead of you know catching him. Yeah, that's very important. Quarterback of your of your defense is yeah. the inside backer. So anyone who can dig- or diagnose plays very quickly is going to stay stick around and play yeah what you need you need that type of leader there too where barn barnes was able to chris barnes right yeah oh god i had to double check there because i kept saying burns last for the longest time but we're we're then uh, again uh, sweeping up the cobwebs coming back to the podcast (laughs) this ain't uh this ain't no acc football so it'll be a big big test for him we'll see i mean you know like i said aj Dillon, he he had a practice with him for years Mm, having to meet him in the hole so Hopefully he can continue that, and I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see him. Hopefully we get some blurbs from him during training camp. The last pick of this draft class was Kylan Hill, the running back out of Mississippi State, 256th overall. He will wear number 32. Pass-catching running back, not an amazing athlete, ran his 40 in 4.52 seconds. I don't know. Watching his tape, he looks like a receiver, kind of. He should be a fun guy. To have on offense, once again, maybe he'll be a jet sweep guy as well to have in the backfield. More than anything, I'm looking forward to seeing him possibly getting snaps when Dexter Williams hasn't been able to mm. for the last three years. Yeah, just uh, yeah, I don't I don't know much about him, but more depth is, is always good when you lose a solid back like Jamal Williams. And with all the injuries that 
room that position seems to deal with throughout the year anyways that yeah the, the more depth the better absolutely and with that i mean that's that's all we have for this draft class we did have there's a couple intriguing guys we took there is um god what is his name i deleted the notes there oh, no. we took an offensive li- picked up an offensive lineman from iowa named oh cronk i think it's cronk what is it it's Ooh. it's either Sounds pretty good it's cold cronk i believe if he didn't get injured his last year, they said he would have been drafted pretty high. He always started for Iowa, pretty good player. They're saying if any of the undrafted guys stick, it's going to be him. What was his injury? Oh, God, there we go. See, now I deleted the notes. I do not remember what it was, but he was out for the the majority of the year. Oh, why did you delete the notes? I didn't try to, Kyle. We talked about it. Pre- uh, that's, that's what, it's what happens when you're an independent Packers podcast like this. You don't have a backup drive. Production back. studio. We don't, have, we don't have IT to dig that file back up. There's also the... Soon, there's a receiver out of San Jose State, James Jones alma mater that ah. we picked up to. Guy, white guy, 5'11". Don't remember his name, but he could also be a special teams. He's very good on punt and kick returns. Very fast. So maybe he'll stick on if he shows up in training camp. And we also took a safety named, it starts with a U, another guy who they say can push. He's someone who is on the edge of getting drafted as well. So those three guys whose names I don't have on hand, remember those going yeah. forward. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Great little segment there. Uh, but with that, we will... Fuck. Well, let's just keep rolling into it. We're riffing. Couple, couple little tidbits here to close out the episode. Little overlooked thing here, uh, Kyle. We have a new defensive coordinator. Ooh, yeah, we hadn't even mentioned. Wow, wow, what an absolute <laughs> shitstorm of an off season! I, I completely forgot that happened. Yeah, holy shit. Do you remember his name? Joe Barry. Joe Barry. So Joe Barry, our new defensive coordinator. It's yeah, it's funny how it took this long to wow. actually bring up his yeah. name. Yeah, which is I can't stop thinking about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> it's great for Joe Barry because now he's going to come in and have very low expectations just because we have forgotten yeah. that we have a new de- defensive coordinator. Now, well, I wouldn't go that far, but sure. <laughs> like once we're in the swing of things of this season, and yeah. we can start cursing and pointing at the TV, yeah. and get mad, <laughs> remember his name. A lot of people were obviously uh, Leonard for Wisconsin. He didn't. He decided to stay with the Badgers. A lot of people weren't happy with the Barry hiring. So hmm. the way I look at it is you're looking at two candidates. Okay, candidate A, he's been a defensive coordinator. Those teams ranked 32nd, 32nd, 17th, and 19th overall. How do you feel about that candidate? Um, Not great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now candidate B is someone who has worked very closely with Wade Phillips and Brandon... I keep saying Brandon Stokely. He's the old Brandon receiver. Staley. Brandon Staley, the now head coach for the Chargers, defensive coordinator for the Rams for the longest time, who worked under Vic Fangio mm. in Chicago. What if I told you you're having a defensive coordinator who worked under that for the last you know seven years? Well, I'd be just as skeptical. Yeah, I, I would be excited because he's working under a young defensive mind, the Vic Fangio system, the Wade Phillips system as well, who's always been successful. So who was candidate B? Both of them are are Barry. Oh. <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. Where you can look at it negatively, you can look at it positively. Oh, okay. Yeah, well said. I did uh I did really want Jim Leonard though. That would have been exciting. It would have yeah. It but just we would some, some have forgotten blood. about that by now too. True. <laughs> Probably. But I just as long as Joe Barry looks excited to be there, I I'll be happy. 
Yeah. As long as he looks like he cares about his job and wants to motivate the players on his defense by doing a little... Ro- I mean, he doesn't need to be Robert Sala, you know, running running onto the field trying to headbutt, you know, with with a bald head. But, you know, to some clapping and some, yeah. and some raw run, oh... It would be such a welcome sight, and I hope I hope he's like that. We need, yeah, we need more raw Ron. More he does, passion. He does seem to be a more energetic coach too. There's clips of him even just with in the rookie mini camp running plays and running around with the guys. So Good. he'll probably be on the sideline as opposed to up in the. Uh, he better pre- be press on the sideline. That I mean, which, that's my whole point. Yeah, well, P- Petten was in the press box his first first his first two years. Yeah, just the first. And he looked um, bored and uninterested. But last year he was on the sideline at least. And he so. still looked bored and uninterested. Yeah, you're you're absolutely sorry. Not wrong. I don't want to I don't want to kick him while he's down. We also did fire uh, your favorite special teams coordinator, oh, the Musinex germ, <laughs> the, the, the best. That I love that joke. Uh, Sean, I almost said Sean Sean Slocum. Um, Menega. Sean Menenga. Men- Menenga. He got canned. Our new guy, Maurice Drayton. Slayton. Drayton. 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 Slayton's the defensive tackle. Drayton is oh, the yeah, special yeah. teams yeah, yeah. coach. He's worked pretty much in every facet of football as far as league go leagues go. He was in some minor football league team. He co he helped out for um what some naval academy, I believe, or one of the sure. s- services. He's been a special teams coordinator. He helped out with the Colts back when Pat McAfee was there. Hopefully, we'll see his press conference. He seemed very energetic, which is the opposite of the old Mucinex germ. Mm. A little excited about that. It was very odd, too, how when they asked him about the failures of the special teams in Green Bay in the past, he referenced the quarterback play being a reason for that. How For the special teams? For the special teams, how teams try to win in different ways so especially on special teams they time they try to game plan to find any type of wiggle room to have an upper hand when you're going up against a Rodgers or a Favre which i he didn't explicitly say that but he did say that when you're so good on offense like they just put extra preparation in special teams exactly and the special teams might you know you might look the other way and try to improve that way so i thought that was very odd that but is yeah we'll see Hmm. We'll see going forward, but hmm. you we said it with Sean Slocum and Ron Zuck, but you nowhere to go but up. You can't be any worse. Right? Nowhere to go so, but up. We'll see. I had some other tidbits, but I deleted them, so we'll save it for a different episode. But yeah, I, mean, I guess the next one will probably be when when this saga is is wrapped up. Otherwise, I mean, we're just gonna get on here and. I mean, honestly, like, there's Love. probably like no <laughs> new information that was gleaned. Like it's, yeah, it's just the same garbage regurgitated over and over. Of like, oh, but this person is wrong, but also this person. It's like, so we're just gonna, we just gotta wait and see. Like that's why I'm, the story's I'm, dying. I'm very, I'm, I'm still very pro Packers and I'm still very pro Rogers. I'm reserving final judgment until yeah it plays out. But I mean, there is. Again, I'm prefacing this. I'm reserving judgment on Rodgers, but I'm I'm at the point now where it's like, yeah, I mean, what what are you so pissed about? You know, like the Packers have made you the highest paid player multiple yeah. times throughout your and, career, and apparently they want to do it again. Number one offense, like, yeah, uh, but again, I I see why he's pissed off too. Where yeah, if he was offended with the restructure and the extension after the fact, and it's but my tinfoil hat, and this is a take that's been taked already. Um, <laughs> But I don't know. It makes a little sense where like, yeah, Rogers was made such a fool 
during the draft last year yes. that yeah, maybe he's just playing a game right now where he's just making the Packers look absolutely stupid. I mean, yep. you see these press clips of like, I mean, we love him. We want him so bad. We want him back so bad. Like he's the MVP. He's our guy. Like, I feel so we bad. We want him for, for years to come. And <laughs> Poor like, Matt. <laughs> and they're just like begging, like pleading publicly. And yeah, maybe he's just like little he 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 he. Like he's just he's loving every second of it. I don't know. Like, I yeah, I, that makes the most sense to me. I know that that's Helps where I'm at, at too. Night. He's he's just sitting back watching. You know, he's the girl in the meme with a fire going on in the background. Where he's like, ah, yes, <laughs> yeah. I, I caused this. Yeah, so we'll see. We should have answers by the next time. Hopefully, maybe even tonight with him being on Kenny Main. But I highly Ooh. doubt that. But June sixth, I believe, is when he's required, quote unquote, to be at minicamp. That's only three days. And then after that, he, he'd he be able to wait until training camp. So who knows? We'll so see. yeah, June 6th, there'll be another blip in blip in traffic. But then, yeah, hopefully it's smooth sail until training camp. We can only we can only hope so. Like like I said, I hope I hope we get that relaxed tweet for from him sometime in the mm. next month, and then we can all go to bed happy. Yes, that's what I'm looking forward to. Yes, but with that, we'll uh, put a nightcap on this episode as well. That's all we have. Just the draft, just Rogers, which is more than enough. But if you know, if you want, I'm not gonna make my voice go super high. But hey, if you want to leave a review, I did it right uh, there. A little bit, little uh, bit. just a little bit. If you want to leave a review, that'd be cool. Or just a rating of five stars. Follow us on Twitter, whatever. We're still giving away that Mercedes Lewis jersey. If you Ooh. just follow us, we'll see. Yeah, we're, we like gained so much momentum with that. And then yeah, it kind of just yeah, plateaued. When you're begging for followers and they actually got to stick around until you <laughs> get another 200, it's it's a, it's a slow, it's slow, a slow roll. Yeah, we haven't forgotten though. Plus yep. he's back for another year, so it's not like... Two years. He actually got a two-year deal now, too. This is, oh, here we go. Fun little tidbit. Super lame, but it's true. Mercedes Lewis has signed more contracts with the Green Bay Packers than Brett Favre. <laughs> <laughs> he's signed a one-year I mean, deal yeah, every single time one year yeah, yeah but that's still funny fun fact yeah so that's all i got <laughs> leave a leave a rating if you can whatever you can email us at pmppodcast at gmail.com or i don't know if you have anything to say dm dm us on twitter as well pmp pod there but with that kyle i don't have anything else i do have this little news to add as well there's been a crackdown dmc's dmc's DC, dmca dmca's on podcasts and using music so we're not. We're, we'll keep the intro until they crack down on that. But we're gonna have to try to finagle our way around for outro music here. So I'm only gonna use live performances of stuff. Very savvy. Stuff, Probably still. Uh, even, but I don't know. It's stuff that I assume if you can't hold up the Shazam app and it registers, you're good. Ah, because that's, that's how they get you, you on YouTube and stuff. <laughs> so that's that's what we're gonna roll with here. So with that, Kyle. I don't have, well, I do have more, but we just don't have enough time for that. So yeah. I have nothing else, Kyle. Just be patient. Rogers will be back. I hope. I'm hoping. Pray to God, or else I, I don't know how I'm going to be. Run it back. Packers. Run it back, win a Super Bowl, and then we'll just figure out the rest later. Exactly. And with all the Jordan Love talk and some Denver talk as well, Bob Marley, please don't sue us. Go, Pack, go.